Hello, welcome. Sit down and grab a can of Lucas Aid Sport. This is On the Left Side, the alternative football show. And you're going to need to keep up your strength with this fast and furious rundown of the other side of the beautiful game. This week, there hasn't just been big news about football, but there's been big news about motorsport too, with Apple considering buying their own F1 team. Do we really need to see the technology giants muscling in on sport as well now? Come on, stick with your computer stuff, you geeks. Leave the sport alone. I mean, what do Apple know about sports anyway? Look at this. Hello, Siri. Hello, Jim. When do you think England will next win the World Cup? What? Are you kidding? That shower of crap couldn't win under 12 Stiddlywinks championships. Huh. On second thoughts, maybe they should head up the FA. Right, what's on this week's show? Everyone's demanding an apology off everyone else. Liverpool demonstrate the theory of dualism. We count the pennies at Old Trafford. But first, who is the longest in the shower at Manchester United? When we talk about footballers' packages, we're normally talking about their take-home pay. But apparently, for Jose Mourinho, it's not just a wad of 50s in his pocket. He really is pleased to see you. Jamie Redknapp has revealed a little more than most people wanted to know about the special one on Sky TV Sports panel quiz, A League of Their Own, when he revealed that Jose was, uh, that he had a big, uh, well, as Jamie puts it, not the special one, but rather the gifted one. In other words, he's packing. I was going to write a gag here, but I imagine you're probably gagging a little already. So moving on. Whilst everyone was glancing admiringly at Jose's bulge on Match of the Day this week, there would have been an envious glance towards a different type of pocket growth at Manchester United, as they became the first British club to earn £500 million in a single year. 500 million quid. Wow. That's enough to keep Wayne Rooney in regain for, I don't know, a month? So, will United be handing some of this monster windfall back to the fans who helped make it? Maybe some cheaper replica shirts? Nope. Maybe away game ticket supplements? No. Maybe a deposit straight into the bank accounts of any fans who were unlucky enough to buy a ticket for the team whilst LVG was still in charge. Well, I think you know where we're going with this, don't you? It seems a little stingy that whilst the big wigs at the top of the tree benefit from this financial bonus, the fans who pay the most are increasingly having to raid their kids' piggy banks to buy a half-time pie and a pint. But actually, how much cash is sloshing around Manchester United? Well, if you take the revenue figure of £515.3 million, take off the £203 million annual wage bill, the cost of things like corporation tax, policing, floodlights, Zlatan's ego plumbers, Pogba's haircuts, enough shower gel to keep Jose and his manhood clean, and all the used 50s that the Glaziers used to wipe their asses on, it actually only leaves 68 million quid profit, which is barely enough to buy a shirt with Ibrahimovic printed on the back of it. In reality, with the club's £260 million debt to pay off, it all starts to look like the kind of accounting that Lionel Messi and his dad would be proud of. Maybe the lack of cash helps to explain some of the problems that seem to be emerging at United at the moment and the pressure that is growing already on the special one. Or is that the gifted one? Or the loaded one? No, I forget. A couple of losses have been chalked up and he's already started with his own personal brand of finger pointing. 
At Chelsea, Mourinho almost ran out of things and people to blame, having gone through the players, the fans and even the club doctor. So he's having to get creative and he's blaming United's current poor form on the previous manager, blaming a Louis van Gaal hangover on his team playing so badly. Louis van Gaal's army! I'm not really sure that's how it works, mate. That's like Donald Trump when he's accidentally nuked Canada in three years' time, shouting, you're fired as he presses the big red button, turning around and blaming Barack Obama for not getting rid of the nukes in the first place. Blame him or don't blame him, but he was president. But there was further evidence that Jose was losing the plot before the team's midweek game against Northampton Town in the Football League Cup. Before the match, Jose was seen taking his players through a pre-match warm-up in the hotel car park. It's strange behaviour and I can't quite get my head around it, but I've narrowed down his bizarre decision to three possible options. A. It's just clever marketing, and pretty soon we're going to see the NCP announced as the official car parking partner of Manchester United. B, it was just one of those magic of the cup moments. Or C, Jose was preparing for Northampton to literally park the bus. Sometimes, sorry, really is the hardest word. But it's a word that needs to be found by Yaya Torre if he's ever going to pull on the blue shirt of Manchester City again, as he and his agent conspired to destroy his own legacy at the club this week. Everyone had been quite surprised at how well-behaved Yaya's representative Dimitri Selic had been this season, given Yaya's absence from first-team football. After all, this is a man who once went on Sky Sports News to say that Torre wanted to leave Manchester City because he wasn't getting given enough flowers. Some club sent flowers to be player happy, and this is his main thing. Mental. Obviously, it's now become all too much for him, and his resentment towards new City boss Pep Guardiola came bubbling to the surface in a fit of rage as he accused Pep of humiliating the midfielder by leaving him out of the Champions League squad and demanded that the manager apologised if now City didn't go on to win the big Euro bonanza. That rattled Pep, who then demanded an apology of his own if Yaya was ever going to play for him again. Apologise to Manchester City, the first one, the second one his teammates and after the trainer. When that happened, Yaya will be part of the group and today. If he loves me, show me and make apologise to the Manchester City what he did. If he loves me, he has to show me. I'm presuming that's with some kind of flowers, no? Hey, look, if we're going to start making everyone apologise for stuff, then footballers have committed far more heinous crimes than that of Yaya Torre. How about making Marin Fellaini apologise for dyeing his afro yellow, making him look like a giant Sesame Street character? And I'm getting a little angry too. Or getting Tony Poulis to apologise for ruining match of the day every time West Brommer on telly. Have it. Maybe even asking West Ham defender Aaron Cresswell to apologise for saying you know all the bloody time. You know, for me it was you know similar to you know for Paul Julian. You know it was it was very good. You know it was a learning curve for me, and you know I'm thankful for it. That'd be nice, you know. But of course, that wasn't going to be the end of it, because by now, Selleck was on it and popped back up on Sky Sports News to hit back. When persons come to your house, it's not possible to send you away and to be owner in house. Yeah, but it's not really Yaya's house, is it? It's Sheikh Mansour's house. And even then, it's 
his house rented out by Pep Guardiola. So if you really want to use that analogy, then Yaya Toure is probably the family pet, maybe a goldfish. And what do you do with a goldfish when they get a bit long in the fin? Yeah, so Pep, are you going to be flushing Yaya down the toilet? What the fuck? Are you familiar with the theory that for every good thing, a bad thing happens? The idea is that for every positive in the world, there is a polar opposite effect that helps restore the balance. It's a yin-yang thing. Well, maybe it's the same when it comes to charisma. At Liverpool, there is currently one of the most charismatic men in football at the helm in Mr. Jurgen Klopp. <laughs> That's true. Which means all that humour, magnetism and zest has to come from somewhere. For Klopp to exist, there must be the anti-Klopp. And it turns out that individual is the personality vacuum that is Philip Coutinho. The Liverpool midfielder is very much on his game playing football at the moment and equally off his game when it comes to social media. This week, some old tweets from the Brazilian popped up online and it made the boring James Milner parody account look like a blow-by-blow of the latest Bond movie. Here's one of my personal favourites. We trained this morning. Now I am walking in the city. Bye. I'd love to tell you more, but I feel that they're so incredibly dull that even reading them out would cause you to fall into an instant coma. And so I've hired a top Hollywood special effects agent and the best Shakespearean actor that money can buy to help take you through the rest. Strap yourselves in, because here we go. I'm at home watching TV. Training was good. Bye. Trained in two periods. Now I'm going for dinner. Bye! We played against the junior team today. I scored two goals. Now I'm at home. <laughs> Bye! Wowzers. I'm going to tweet like that in the future. Just recorded on the left side football show. Now tweeting about it. I've sent tweets. Now going to do something else. Bye. And finally, when you start with the D, you end with the D. Amazingly, Jose's organ wasn't the only penis-related story to be doing the rounds this week. The other concerned the autobiography of former Plymouth Argyle manager Paul Sturrock. In a story that redefines the term football hardman, Sturrock claims that amongst former striker MLM Penzer's long list of reasons not to attend training was that he had, the night before, taken Viagra and was, um, uh, the effects were yet to wear off. I've heard strikers claim that scoring a goal can be better than sex, but that's taking it a bit too far, isn't it? Despite the book being released almost a year ago, Mpenza has been forced to spring into action, sorry, and address what he sees as an almighty cock-up, sorry, if you like, a story with no hard truths, sorry, and maybe a rush of blood to the head. That doesn't even fit. But anyway, he has threatened Sturrock with legal action against the claims. Emil has been deeply shocked by this imaginary tale, which undermines his reputation and seeks to discredit him. 
It's unclear if his main problem is with the accusations he missed training all the time or that he took Viagra. But if the court finds in favour of Mpenza, Sturrock could face a large fine or even a long, hard sentence. Really, I'm, I'm sorry. Right, it is time for the fans to run onto the pitch because On The Left Side is done for another week. If you want more, then head to the brand new sparkly website, ontheleftside.co.uk and check out everything we do. And if you've not subscribed yet to the podcast, go and get on that to get next week's episode for free straight into your ears. Right, I'm off to buy Yaya a nice big bunch of flowers and an I love you pep card because that's full time. Bye! For this is the podcast of my discontent, written and produced by the fair hands of Jim Salverson and Anteth McGinley. Thee is a paint your headphones ith production for ye old abrupt audio. Why doth thou smite me?